back to another episode of Too Many Men. It is Tony Pickenick alongside John Gallietta and Zach Riley. No, I'm not Tony. I'll, although, whoever thinks I am Tony, uh, welcome to your first episode. My real name's Eric Johnson, and we all have one thing in common. All three of us. All three of us. All three of us. This is going to be a good episode for us because we don't have people, uh, you know, putting us all down. There's not Only believers. We we are united as one today, but we have one thing. We have more than one thing in common. We all play video games, but we are all diehard New York Mets fans, and the Mets have been on a roll since our last episode. Big split series of the Dodgers. Big win yesterday of the Padres. Eduardo Escobar hitting for the cycle. Uh, this team is rolling. They are 39 and 19, 20 games over 500, the best record in the National League and the second best record in baseball to their crosstown rival Yankees. It is a good time to be living in New York and watching baseball. I'd, I'd say all sports uh, in, as a whole, but yeah, of course, having, I don't even want to worry about the Yankees right now because, all right, we had, I forgot his first name. Oh, no. My, my, my wife, my Wi-Fi is going nuts, but what'd you say? First name. You forgot his first name. Yeah. What's his first name? The, the From Medina. Oh, Adonis Medina. Adonis Medina. Yeah. Coming in hot in that Dodger game and Buck Showalter knowing before he even threw a pitch that he was going to do that. And I love, I love that energy. And I love what this team is doing. Buck Showalter's putting players in positions to make a, a, an impact on this team, and he's doing it in the right ways. Absolutely. And the one thing that I wanted, I want to make perfectly clear, and Zach alluded to it just now, this team's not 39-19 without Buck Showalter. No, not, not at all. Not a Every night, it's a different lineup. Every night, it's a different reliever doing a different role, like how we had Diaz come in the other night in the eighth inning instead of the ninth. It backfired, yes, but we still won the game. And overall, it was a great idea because we needed him last night to close it out. And the thing you mentioned about trying different things is you'd rather try now against a good team like the Dodgers, who you're probably going to be playing if you make it to October. Um, And the Mets right now, they have, what is it, a nine and a half game lead on Atlanta? Yes, I think, well, yeah, no, nine and a half because they didn't play last night. So we gained a half game. And a, a, a brave team that won five straight is not they're, – they're not making any noise so far. And to all the haters who say, oh, we haven't played anybody, all right, the, the Padres are good, the Dodgers are good, and, we're, and we have the Angels coming up. Yes, they're on a 12-game losing streak. That happens with every team. They're still a good team, and I, and I still have faith in this team, and we have an easy schedule coming up, so – I mean, we'll get, to, we'll get to the Angels in a little bit, but I also want to throw out the San Francisco Giants, too. Mets played what happened? Stop. What happened with, oh, yeah, the, oh, yeah, the Giants are a tough team to play as well. They all have great pitching with great relievers and a great lineup with some heavy hitters. So the fact that we can come out of most of these series, either tying or winning the series, I'm over the moon today. Because June, June 7th, we're recording this on the afternoon of June 7th. This is when we usually start to cancel the season. Mm-hmm. Right about now. I'd say within the next week or two, yeah, usually. Yeah, it's usually around this time frame. But the fact that we are 20 games over 500 right now, things are looking up. Um, I think at a certain point, we're going to have to ask for an apology from uh, Tony and Trish. That's all I'm going to say. Let's, let's we wait. To, we have no, to wait a little bit. I'm not waiting <laughs> on that. I am all in on this team this year. And I don't care. Totally. But, we set, but we should set an arbitrary number of games we have to win first before End we get July. to the policy. And the July? 80, 82 games. All-star break. If we're still 20 games over by the all-star break, I want an apology. Fair enough. I'll say this. I'll say for the best record in the National League still by the all-star break. I definitely that too. That too. But Tony, Trish, we know you're listening. Down in Florida. We're coming. Oh, we're already here, baby. We're here. We arrived. That's the Mets are coming. Granted, we can't do this for every episode. We can only do these for the next two. Where we, we're a Mets podcast now, Eric. What are you talking about? <laughs> Welcome to the newest episode of Always Amazing. Always, <laughs> yep. Um, but Zach mentioned something I wanted to talk about. He mentioned the Angels. 
on a 12 game losing streak and no Zach, not every team goes through a 12 game losing streak, but not, there's a lot of teams that do though. There's, there's the season, of the season. Every team goes through their ups and downs. Anaheim was at a high earlier this year. They were the eighth best record in the entire the league record in baseball. Also the eighth highest payroll in baseball. They've lost 12 straight. They are in what I wrote in my notes, a free fall. Yeah. They were announced yeah. free fall, and about an hour before we started recording, they fired Joe Madden after less than three seasons with the team. Kind of a drastic move, I would say. I was going to say that too, John. I agree. I think they, do, they don't have a bad roster. They had a bad stretch, yes. That's no reason to, to uh, fire a coach that is well-seasoned as Joe Madden is. Yeah, and it's funny because the two – like veteran managers that we think of with the sport both lose their jobs within what a week and a half. Yeah. Like, Less than that. It's yeah. Within a week, within seven days of each other. And now Joe Madden's out the door. Joe Madden, much like Joe Girardi, former manager of the year, won the world series in 2016 with the Cubs and he will forever be a Cubs legend for that alone. Yep. He could have gone. Oh, 162 every other year besides 2016 and that world series. And he would have just, he, he, he's already a Cubs hall of famer. This is where I'm, I'm confused. And I, I have a feeling, and do you think maybe they saw, you know, Oh, Joe Girardi's a free agent. Now we can maybe go after him. Well, it's, it's funny because um, I actually saw Joe Girardi, I believe it was on MLB network. Just oh, really? A couple of days ago. I think it was some either MLB network or some radio thing. And I'm like, wow, he's just out the door and already just right and right back into where he was beforehand. Doing radio spots, yeah. But the thing with Joe Madden is the word I used is trigger happy. Seems like Anaheim's a little trigger happy with this. Oh, definitely. And only second in the division. Yeah, they're eight games back, but they're still a viable team to possibly make the playoff. They're only a game out. Yeah, what is? Uh, yeah, I didn't even look at the wild card. Game out of Boston, who has been just on a tear, just killing it lately. Yeah, the, the best team they. I mean, the next best team after them is Cleveland. At one game, they're at one and a half back. And I will tell you this, and I think we can all agree on this, all three of us. Anaheim is a better roster. Oh, hundred percent. The Cleveland Gardens. Oh, hundred percent. You have two of the most electric players in baseball, Trout and Otani. You have still a very capable hitter in Rendon. He's got to stay on that field, and he's got to get what, back to what he was out in Washington. You have diamonds in the rough, Brandon Marsh, Sherrod Walsh, and Taylor Ward. But besides that, like, there's, there's been the issue of for years with no pitching. Sorry, one-year deals to Noah Syndergaard ain't cut. No. <laughs> and, and then they had more of a bullpen problem than they did a starter problem this year. And it just seems as though they're just putting all the blame on John uh, Joe Madden. It's it's literally it, it, I'm, Anaheim and Philly are carbon copy of each mm-hmm. other. They are a carbon copy, and I never noticed it until actually <laughs> the series when they played each other. Yeah, and the Phillies swept them. Two of the most exciting players in baseball in Harp and uh, Trout and Otani in Philly. You got Harper who is. And Real Muto. And Real Muto. And Harper, depending on who you ask, is the most exciting player in baseball. Yeah. You know, you've got a pitching core that's been – that's maybe not their strong suit and has been tried to improve over the past couple of, couple of years. And Anaheim just can't get those signings. And both bullpens just disasters. And both are putting blame on their – their long, not long tenure, but experienced veteran managers. Yeah, veteran managers that, you know, know how to work around problems and lineups and knows how to work, you know, a, a clubhouse like those with stars and with people that are going to have big heads. And I think that it's just midseason lulls. They're not even to the all-star break yet. Like to fire both of them, just a, it, it's a, a big loss to me. I don't get it. And it's the way the Angels lost some of those games in Philadelphia. No, for sure. Because they had control of at least two of them mm-hmm. and let it slip away. So Joe Madden's out the door. Do you guys think he gets another opportunity somewhere? I think so. Somewhere, definitely. I'm not sure. Like, when. I, mean, I think there's going to see. Oh, sorry, John. Go ahead. No, no, no. No, yeah. Just not sure when. But yeah. Go, sorry. I think there's definitely at least a few, like two to three teams that are going to see the value in Joe Madden. And, 
they brought the Cubs to a World Series. You know, he was doing well with the Angels up until this year, until this last 12-game stretch. I think he's a valuable manager that can still, you know, make a team, uh, bring a team to a playoff. He also just completely turned around Tampa. Yeah. When, when and he- they've been great ever since. So, yeah, Joe Madden is the next manager out the door in Major League Baseball. I don't think we're going to see – I don't think he's going to be the last. I think there will be others that eventually go. Just who's next is, uh, is up for debate. Um, moving on, sticking with baseball here. Now, Zach has publicly supported the Mets trying to sign Dallas Keuchel yep. to a contract. He signs in Arizona or gets claimed off waivers by Arizona. It's a minor league contract, though. Yeah, it's it's a it's a low risk thing, and yeah. Arizona, one of the surprise teams so far this year. Everybody expect them to be towards the bottom of the barrel where they were last year. They are now four games out of a wild card spot with a record of twenty four and twenty nine. Now they're bringing in Dallas. Uh, 20, 26 and thirty. They're twenty six and thirty now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because that was back when I, they were twenty four and twenty nine when they signed. That's what it yeah, was twenty six and thirty, and they're three and seven in their last ten. Three and seven. Not what you like to see. That that's well. Again, I'll give. It depends on who they play in their in their last ten because that NL West is tough. Yes, that is very tough division. It is arguably, depending on who you ask, the toughest division in baseball. They've been playing Pittsburgh and Atlanta, and they lost seven nothing to Cincy yesterday. That's not what you're looking for. No, and I I do want to bring up the Cincinnati Reds soon. I don't know if you're done with your thought, but they are on a roll as well. Yes, they're they're no longer the worst team in baseball, as we talked about last episode. Uh, The issue, though, with Arizona that I'm looking at right now, um, in four of their past five games, and again, we're recording this Tuesday afternoon, so if if they do well today, you know, here's why. In four of their past five games, they've scored one run or less. Yeah, that's not what you like to see, especially especially against Atlanta, Pittsburgh. Just got shut, like I said, just got shut up by Cincinnati. Now they're going to bring in Dallas Keuchel to see if again it's just an attempt. Right? I feel like it's more of a depth role. Um, you know, if they need an extra day and they can throw to, uh, Keuchel in there, it would be a huge help for them. Uh, especially when you get like deeper into the season and you have these young pitchers who you did. hopefully trying to an extent their lifespan throughout the season. I mean, the guy is a former Cy Young award winner. Well, yeah, well, yeah I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about Gallon and uh, oh. the other guy. Um, Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly, yes. Yeah. Both those guys, they're young players who have been in the minors for most of their career so far. They have a shorter season. And it's just like how McGill was with the Mets last year. It's tough to get through an entire MLB season as a pitcher when you haven't done it often. Because that second half of the year could really bring your arm and your stats down. Yeah, and that's what we're talking about the Mets earlier. That's the reason they're not rushing to Grom or Scherzer back. Yes. The exact same reason. So according to baseball reference, Arizona has a 2% chance to make the to make the playoffs, despite being four games out of a wild card spot. Again, that third wild card spot. I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, there's middle of the road teams there's gonna be a middle of the road team that makes the playoffs that probably shouldn't the key stat for me that makes me believe that they don't have the legs to do it is the run differential Mm -hmm. because yes they do have a chance to make it they're only four and a half back but you can't be going into the playoffs by being outscored 50 plus runs it's just not how it works you can't and and then if you do have that when you get into the playoffs you're not going to have a fun time and I'm also looking at baseball reference right now. Mark Melanson has fallen off a cliff. Uh, going from an all-star last year, he's now one in six with a 6.87 ERA. Oof. That's not what you like to see. And he, he blew that save the other night against Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, yeah I did see that. That was – probably should have won that game. Yep. But, yeah, Dallas Keuchel, again, low-risk move for Arizona. Now, Zach, you wanted to talk about the Reds. I do, because I've been telling Tony to bet on them to win, uh, to not win the division, but make the playoffs. And I want to go back because I was looking at their schedule the last couple of days. They are still on uh, like quite a run where they're completely turning this team around. 
Um, because you know they won the last they won last night, they lost on Sunday. Well, actually, they got three out of four from Washington, but still getting this team back to 20 wins almost from where they were a month ago, that's huge. And, and I, I have a feeling it's going to help the fan base a little bit to see like, okay, yes, they had a bad start, but they can actually win some games. <laughs> yeah, they can. And it's, it's not like their schedule has been, you know, cakewalk. I mean, no, yes, Arizona, Washington, but like, the fact that this team – there is more fight in Cincinnati than I have seen than I did all that first month. And, and they've got a tough schedule ahead with Milwaukee and St. Louis, San Francisco, there's Chicago. There's your going to be a tough, tough next road ahead. If they can come out of this month on a, a positive record, I think that's stepping stones for the Cincinnati Reds, especially from being – what was it, 3 and 24? It was, it was rough. It was bad. On a great American ballpark. Um, but yes, Cincinnati, we want we want to hear your thanks after Tony raved on them, and we all, to be fair, we all kind of all did. Yeah, they deserve they deserved it at the time. We want your their thanks. own fans were giving it to them too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the whole paper bags at the stadium was was not uh, not great. Nope. So let's move on to the NFL. Somehow, the NFL continues to make stories. Of course. Uh, the NFL salary cap is an absolute myth because Aaron Donald can somehow restructure his contract and the Rams probably backloaded the contract. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. Now. I, I love I mean, he's worth it. it. He's worth it for oh, sure. Of course. He's, he's the best defensive player of our generation. Yeah. I love that wording of the tweet though, to call him Aaron Donald, all world NFL player, defensive <laughs> player, all world. Like, <laughs> And uh, no, but yeah, that's insane how much they pay. They're paying him 60 guaranteed, I think, 60 million guaranteed for two years. I mean, I'm not gonna say he's not worth it because he is worth it. Oh, yeah, he's like I said, the best defensive player of our generation. We we haven't seen anybody like him, and almost definitely, if he's on that team, they're not lifting Lombardi in February. No, first, having him on this team gives them an even better chance to do it again this year. Also, first Bal Hall of Famer, no doubt. But yes, it's the it's the whole cost of winning Lombardi. It's the whole cost of a Super Bowl, you know, to get all these contracts restructured and be able to sign Allen Robinson. <laughs> the crazy thing I read though is that before uh, Donald signed this mammoth extension yesterday, if he had retired, he would have made the Hall of Fame before Brady, and he was drafted like in twenty thirteen. <laughs> That is wild. I mean, he could still make it to the Hall of Fame before Brady. Well, if they both retire this year, hypothetically. I think Brady's going to go another two. I either He wants to go to either Miami or another team after the Bucs. He's say, not going to go to Miami, bro. I remember you said that stuff in the, the group chat. I remember when that whole story made the rounds a few here's, months ago. Here's, here's the thing, John. When there's smoke, there's fire. And there was smoke with Brady to Miami. Do I believe it's going to happen? No. I could could I see it though? Yes. And I I feel like that'd be a real f you to the pa- to the Patriot organization. I I don't know. He doesn't care. He wants his next ring. His He's first, gonna go wherever he feels like he can bring a team to a championship. His first f you to the Patriots organization was leaving in the first place. Well, true, but I mean, you're, you're like of all the teams to win a Super Bowl with, you want to go to the Dolphins? I I don't see it. Chase that money and chase that ring. I don't know. He just wants to stay in Florida. That's what I think it is. Well, I think Giselle wants to be that too. Oh, 100%. I mean, that's that's really it. You know, it's not like, hey, Giselle, we're going to Detroit for you to play for me to play quarterback. Like, that's that, not- I feel like that'd be last on the list, yeah. <laughs> no matter wh- who wanted to go where. <laughs> hey, hey, Giselle, we're going to Landover, Maryland. Yeah, we're going to have a great time. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's more like that. But I could honestly, the team that I could see Brady going to beyond tampa first of all i do think it's either retirement or like one year somewhere i still think he wants to play for the niners and the garoppolo and that team has the the potential to go to a championship so if he wanted to say fuck it let, let me do one more team and see if i can take one more stab at a ring i don't believe or i wouldn't bet against him to do it and if he did decide to do it 
he may he definitely cement himself, even though he already has as the best quarterback. And San Francisco is much closer to a championship than Miami was. I mean, they were arguably a touchdown away from reaching the Super Bowl again yep. this past year. But yes, NFL salary cap, not real. <laughs> the Rams could do it. Whoever's doing it for the Rams, first ballot Hall of Fame. Like you're going to the Hall of Fame. Whoever's doing the salary cap for the Rams. Same with the Chiefs. Yep. Just give give them executive of the year already. What's his name? Uh, Wes. Uh, is it wait, is it Wes something? Wes Sneed. Yeah, Wes Sneed. Yeah. Wes Sneed. Well, again, the, the thing with the Rams is this. The drafting that they have done over the years. Yes, they got Aaron Donald. Yes, they drafted Cooper Cup. Besides that, been kind of hit or miss. They get the, they hit on the players they need to though yeah. with the draft picks. I mean, outside of a few players, like you know, the one that comes to mind to me is last year they got two two Atwell when they could have gotten a number of useful like skill position guys. But you know, I mean, for the most part, they get guys in a position of need. Yeah, and that's the other thing, and this is what I've been saying for years. It doesn't matter how well you draft as long as you have that ring on your finger. Very true. Exactly. So you, winning, yeah, winning is all. You can do whatever you want. Winning's all that matters. You know, whether we like the way the Rams are doing things or we don't, winning's important. Um, speaking of a guy who's a big winner, uh, Rob Walton has been rumored to float around as potentially the new owner of the Denver Broncos. He's the heir over at the Walmart Corporation. Oh no, four and a half billion dollars. How do you think that Broncos fans are going to react to that? Because I feel like it's going to be mixed. I mean, I'll, I'll say it. you got your quarterback, right? I mean, like, yeah, but I have a feeling that this purchase by this, you know, Walmart billionaire isn't out of uh, – at least I don't know who this guy is. I don't know if he's been a fan, but I feel like it, it's more than likely not out of the goodness of his heart to make this team better. It's just another business expense for him. His net worth is $57.9 billion. Oh according to so he is more than Steve Cohen. Yes. <laughs> All so, right. So somebody posted this on Instagram. I believe it was NFL memes posting his fun facts. If you proportionally line that up, um, it would be like the average American spending $9,000 on the Denver Broncos. Wow. This man has got the dough. He will have the capital to turn that team around very quickly. I'll tell you oh, that much. <laughs> yeah, and here's the thing about owners. It's not how much money you have, but about, about how much you care about the team. And I feel it's all, yeah, it's all about where you're putting that money too. Steve Cohen spend all the money. He's put he all the money in the world, but he, he's caring to the fans in the Mets. The Stein- and spending it in the right ways to make this team better. Same with the Steinbrenners, yep. right? Let's, let's, let's go with another owner of a big-time company who's an NFL owner, the late Paul Allen, mm-hmm. when he owned the Seahawks. Paid not, almost nothing for him. Turned him into a Super Bowl winner and put money in – in, in his pocket and in the fans of Seattle, that stadium experience is probably the tops in the NFL right now. So who knows? Like I, I see good things out of Denver now that they finally have their signal caller. I mean, this year's going to be a really good test to see where Denver is on that, on that spectrum. But again, as long as he's committed. Still a first year head coach though, for Denver. So as much as on paper they are supposed to be making strides, I mean, we'll see. I've, I've seen this story too many times. John, he's got two games against Josh McDaniels. Let me just remind you that. That, that too. <laughs> yeah, Nathaniel Hackett, the coach of the Broncos, in the uh, let's try to get Aaron Rodgers to leave Green Bay saga. Yeah, and he could afford him now. <laughs> yeah, he could pay Aaron Rodgers whatever he wants. Want a billion dollars? Come over here. <laughs> I only, have 50, I only have like 50 billion left. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yet, like I said, we said it's reported because there are some, some sources that are saying it's not done, mm-hmm. but this, he is the favorite currently to become the owner as of this, this recording. So yeah, I mean, like I said, 
let's see how Denver does this year. That AFC West is going to be an absolute arms race. Um, one talk a little bit about mini camps because it has been documented on this podcast the whole Debo Samuel situation. They had the mandatory mini camp reports today from some of the teams out in the NFC West. Yeah. Debo Samuel was there. He just he came back to Niners practice. And John Lynch said he would be a fool to trade Debo Samuel. One interesting name who's not there, however, was DK Metcalf. He's still waiting a new contract. I saw I, I saw that, and I I I, I kind of cringed a little bit when I saw it because I just I already know that it's a probably not small portion of the Jets fan base who are like we should have tra- waited and traded that pick to the Seahawks for Metcalf, but I mean they weren't going to do it for number ten, so. No, I, I think Metcalf's completely in the right doing what he's doing because he is now the sole captain of that team. Mm-hmm. He's the sole member, like, you know, before he had Russ, he had Wagner, he had all those big guys. It's his team now. He's, he's going to want to get paid, and I wouldn't show up until he does. <laughs> Jamal Adams. Get out of here with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the turnaround of Jamal Adams is just unbelievable. I'm probably happy about that. Oh, I know he's grinning oh. from ear to ear, dude. I can, I cannot, I still can't believe. I sometimes I sit back and I wonder how it worked out so well. When like I was so, I was so low when that trade was first announced. I was like the one good player we've gotten in so long, gone, and uh, no, for good, for good reason. You can rot in Seattle. Now, John, I will say this: I've Jamal Adams is a great guy. Like he's fantastic. He's a fantastic people person, but man, when he was traded, I texted a lot of friends of mine who are Jet fans. And I said, that is the, probably the biggest win the Jets have had in a trade in a long time. Oh yeah. I mean, I was, I was so obviously like thrilled when I saw the, like when we got back, but I mean, it still hurts, you know, seeing up your, your franchise guy leave like that. And the other thing, though, with the Jets... Oh, your quarterback isn't your franchise guy. It was Jamal Adams. <laughs> <laughs> For a team like the Jets, it's never the quarterback, Zach. See, see, the, see the whole uh, Sam Darnold uh, situation. Yep. Uh, by the way, shout out to the Carolina Panthers for wishing Sam Darnold a happy birthday on Twitter and not Cam Newton. <laughs> oh, my God. Are they boys? Cam, Cam's not on the roster anymore, though, right? He is. Not. I know he is? Technically, he's not, but, like, still... If technically he's not, I feel like that's probably why. Greatest quarterback your franchise has ever had. Yeah. Like, okay. Should, should wish him a happy birthday. But. Yeah. yeah. It's the right but thing to do. Circling back to the Seahawks now and the whole thing about trading the 10th overall pick for DK Metcalf, I don't think John Schneider wants to go back to that well <laughs> of trading with the Jets after what oh, happened right. the first time. Uh, but, yeah, so no DK Metcalf. He's upset, and because here's the thing, I'm a, I'm in agreement with with you guys. Seattle should just tear the whole thing down, mm-hmm. whole thing down. Oh yeah, by the way, the Rams got Bobby Wagner too against the salary cap. Yep, uh, I forgot about that. Oh yeah, it's very easy to forget about during this whole whole thing. Um, but yeah, like there's no reason to have DK Metcalf on this roster. There's no reason to have, especially Tyler Lockett. Like, honestly, like I, mean, I would... should have been torn down three years ago, but I, I think it's, it's far too late. And now at this point they should try and ride with Metcalf, get another, get one more quarterback in there and see if anybody can make a difference. Well, well let's see what Drew Locke's capable of. True. You know, cause here's the thing we've seen what Geno Smith's capable of. John especially has seen what Geno Smith is capable of. Well, so have us with the Giants, didn't he play? That's true. One game. Giants. One game. Yeah, that one game that they benched Eli for. Yeah, against the Raiders. <laughs> um, but we've seen what we, – we know what Geno Smith can do. Denver fans know what Drew Locke can do. But, again, he is going to have DK Metcalf on one side, Tyler Locke on the other. No, Seattle's not going to make the playoffs. Yes, Seattle's going to be a very bad team this year. But if Drew Locke can show some strides, you're going to be okay. Even if he doesn't, you're going to have a bad enough record to get one of those top quarterbacks in the 2023 draft as well. So I'm not worried about the future over at Seattle. I think they know what they're doing. Maybe it was a little too late to tear everything down, but I understand why they did what they did because they were riding with Russ for so long and he was so consistent for as long as he was. 
and it just in the middle of the day just traded randomly to Denver. Yeah. Uh, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say about the, the, the Seahawks. I mean, they probably had it in their head after looking at the draft uh, board this year for the quarterbacks coming out. There was just there was only one that actually went in the first round, Kenny Pickett, and probably wasn't anyone that stuck out to them. And it's supposed to be, at least on paper as it is stands right now, a better class for quarterbacks next year than this one. So yeah, and that's the thing kind of everybody really began to realize. Now, again, with there being only one first round quarterback, Malik Willis to Tennessee in the third round is great value. So was Matt Corral to Carolina. Oh, yes. Seattle said they were committed to Drew Locke and Geno Smith going through that ballot minicamp. And we're, we, all of us, all of us said, and yeah, no, we, we don't buy it. We don't believe that. That's a smokescreen. Now, there is absolutely the chance they could go tomorrow and trade for Baker Mayfield. Mm, I don't think any team trades for Baker Mayfield at this, at, as it goes right now, if he hasn't been traded. I think people want to see it. I, I think people want Cleveland take the whole contract and then just like get him for like n- scraps off the waiver wire. And the I other, think, yeah, the other go ahead. is the whole Garoppolo thing. Uh, we don't know where Garoppolo is going to be playing week one next year. It is I, think I'll still be in, I think I'll still be a Niner if, you're ask, if you ask me. I don't think they're going to find a buyer at this point. I, I think so too, but there is that July 1st deadline where they can, where they can uh, do – do trades and, and cuts and everything. Now, honestly, where I could see Garoppolo playing, I don't think Garoppolo is going to be a starter next year if he's not with San Francisco. I think it's probably spot on. Yeah. But a team that I could see bringing in Garoppolo maybe as like a veteran presence, and I'm not being sarcastic here when I say this, is the Jets. I mean, he knows the system. He knows, he knows the system. He's been, he's been to a Super Bowl. Like he knows what's up. Like here's my that? only problem. My only problem with bringing a quarterback like Jimmy in because he has that winning pedigree in the postseason, even if he's not going to like win you most of these games, he's just a game manager. Mm-hmm. If Wilson struggles at any point next year, and he might because it's a tough schedule, and I know we have all these weapons around him, and yeah, on paper we're gonna improve so much, but still, it's. Josh Allen had some bumps in the roads his second year too, even though he improved a lot. And we're expecting this kid to do something that's only been done once before. Like Josh Allen's a freak, you know, like, you know, obviously a lot of that was hard work and Wilson's working hard, but I'm, I'm not, he's not immune to slumps or a bad game. And that's New York fan base. You know how it is, man. They could easily start calling for Jimmy G to start after one bad game. And that's to be bad. Who knows? We might even be seeing Tyrod Taylor eventually be starting games for the New York Giants as well. Uh, but that would that would just make New York especially angry if at some point it's just Tyrod and Jimmy G yeah. as the starters. Get tantalized, my friends. We are ninety days from the start of the NFL season. Let's go. Think Three about months. that. Ninety days. About that. I'm worried about baseball season still. And and every day you're worried about baseball season. Nothing nothing consumes me more than the Mets baseball. If if the Mets are in the World Series, Zach is not going to know the Giants' record. No, I guarantee. I can almost guarantee you that's true. Like if the Mets make the World Series like that, you can kind of kiss that goodbye. Um, I'm going to ask you guys: you want to do hockey or basketball first? Uh, we can do hockey. You want to do hockey first? Okay. Colorado is moving on to the Stanley Cup final. So, at least the game that was the other night, too. At least, at least they got one team that shows up in the playoffs in Denver. Um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Nuggets fans. Sorry. You got you got your MVP. Um, yeah, great game last night. I don't know if, if I know Zach saw John. I don't know if you saw that Colorado Edmonton game last night. Absolutely wild. Um, Oilers were up, I believe, it was 4 2. For four one after two, and Colorado yep. ends up winning six five, sweeping their second series this postseason. They are the only team so far to have swept once, let alone twice, and they are on to their first Stanley Cup final since two thousand and one. Yeah, so that's in one, one year absence. Yeah, 
Yeah. So it's been a while for Colorado and it's been an up and down kind of two decades. Times are really good. Times are really bad. And it's a shame Tony's not here because he knows the times when Colorado was really bad and like going through the, the trenches and everything, trying to find their next guy trade requests, people getting traded out of there, but now they are a absolute force to be reckoned with. Like I said, 12 wins this postseason, only two losses. And they have at least, at minimum, eight days rest before the Stanley Cup final. They might have as many as 12 days rest before the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, so Colorado's going to be well-rested to compete for that Stanley Cup. I don't think anybody can beat Colorado. I think Tampa could. Um, And here's the thing. close. Yeah, and... Uh, the um, the lightning coming back last on uh, Sunday, yep. uh, scoring in that final minute, Palat putting it with 41 seconds to go. Game four of that series is tonight. Uh, but as of right now, the Rangers are up two to one. I could absolutely see the lightning coming back in time this series. Yeah, that series is far from over. Oh. Uh, I was more confident in them beating Edmonton, but sweeping them is a statement. This team is ready, and I do think. And as of right now, they should be the overwhelming favorites to walk away with Florida Stanley's Cup. Definitely. And 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 it was such a close game. And the atmosphere in the in Edmonton last night, like I could only imagine. Like they were on like as soon as they scored a goal, I think they made it four two. They immediately, like within three minutes, made it four three again. And then just didn't let up the pressure the entire time. There were some power plays that I saw Edmonton having where they didn't even get a shot on net because Colorado's just all over the place and all their defenders are just stealing the puck and making sure that they can't even get it to the net. I miss playoff hockey in New Jersey. <laughs> um, we all do. This, this, we need that atmosphere. Like I'm seeing what's going on at the garden. I'm seeing what's going on out in Tampa and out in Edmonton. And like, we need like something. And I really do think baseball is our best chance of getting some kind of atmosphere to that level. Uh, I, think so too. I just miss that. Um, also got a coaching firing in hockey, Boston, a playoff team fires head coach, Bruce Cassidy. Yes, they are a playoff team, but how many years is this now that they've made the playoffs and what first or second round exit? Yeah. So here's the thing though. Um, Bruce Cassidy has been there all six years or every season that he's been there, the Bruins made the playoffs. Um, they were one game away from going to the second round this year. They were also one game away in 2019 from winning the Stanley Cup. Has he won the Stanley Cup before? Nope. Okay. No. That makes sense then. Yeah. So, he, again, he was one game short. Yep. And eventually, the year St. Louis won the Cup. But still kind of surprising to see. Um, apparently, there was a pow- there's reports that there was a power struggle in Boston between general manager Don Sweeney and president of hockey operations Cam Neely and head coach Bruce Cassidy, and it kind of just boiled over and Sweeney went out. Um, There's also new reports as of yesterday that Cassidy was despised in the locker room by the players. Really? Mm -hmm. And I called Tony this afternoon to talk about it, and his quote, and I cannot say it any better, that's the price it takes to win. You know, some coaches are loved, some coaches are hated, but Mm -hmm. again, if you win, it doesn't really matter more than anything yeah it's all about the rings yep and again boston won the stanley cup um in 2011 but again they've been there so many times or been to the playoffs so many times since and just haven't been hasn't been able to um to get back by the way cam neal is the president not the uh hockey not hockey operations um all right let's talk about game two of the nba finals so the Warriors came back yeah. Again, another game where uh, people going into it, you know, game to game one, people expected the Warriors to kind of win that, you know, handedly. And, you know, it looked like they were in game one. You know, they went up big, and then Boston had that insane run to come back. And so going into game two, I feel like a lot of people had it in their head that Boston uh, had this one kind of, you know, that like that was a statement by them. Golden State was going to be rattled, and that Horford and Derek White and all these contributors for balls we're going to keep up that production you know how many points uh al horford had in game two eric i saw it was zero through the first half i didn't see the rest of it 
after scoring 24 in a game one, he ended up with two points. So goodness. So I, I wanted, I wanted just, just for my curiosity's sake, uh, sake, because last episode we did Al Horford was plus 1400 to win NBA finals MVP and was the fourth highest odds. Now I'm looking at finals MVP. Al Horford has still has the fourth best odds, but he's now plus 7,000. Wow. After that performance in game two tied with Marcus smart. Yeah, all it takes is one, maybe even two great games to give them the series to, you know, bring that back up. So I don't think it's completely out of the way. As yet. far as, as far as the series champion on DraftKings, Celtics minus 115, Warriors minus 105. Okay. So it's it is really a coin flip. Yeah. Uh, for who takes this series. And I've said before that I've been looking forward to this finals for a long time. The finals I thought it was getting four years ago is the one I'm getting now, and it is living up to the hype. Uh, first two games have been fantastic. Uh, game three tomorrow in Boston, I think the Celtics take it. Uh, I, the Boston's got to win at least one of two on home court. Yeah, if they want like right now they have home court advantage. You know, stealing one on the road, so they need they really need to. You know, this is. Pivotal because I mean I think the Golden State is the type of team that you look at them and it's I seen I see this going to seven honestly. Oh I do too. I, I think this is a tight I, I, matchup. I could see this being a seven game slugfest where we're talking about this as one of the best finals we've ever seen because I think we're due after the playoffs we got. Yeah, like the final score kind of is like it paints a different picture about game two because it was a blowout after the third quarter. But the first two quarters were back and forth, nonstop. Like, that first half was intense. But then the Warriors from 2015, 16, 17, they reared their head. They had one of those runs in the third quarter where it's like they didn't miss. And also they locked up the Celtics completely. And, yeah, they they won this game, Golden State, handedly, with Clay having one of his worst games shooting. You got to – it's just a reminder that this league still runs through Clay Thompson, Steph Curry – Draymond Green and the Golden State Warriors and Steve Kerr, for that matter. Did you see what the that what he said in the presser though today? I, I absolutely love Clay. They're like, what do you do to get your mind right after having like a bad shooting game? He's like, I watched my highlights from when I was like performing in the on the biggest stage and other moments. And so they're like, what? He's like, you know, game six, game six, Clay, man, it never fails. <laughs> it, 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 it there's motivation there. Motivation. Uh so in three of the four sports, there's been a coaching change, and it is no change. In, it, it, that's no different in the NBA, I should say. Uh, Quinn Snyder shockingly resigns in Utah. I'm not saying – well, I wouldn't say shockingly. I guess it was 50-50. At least he wasn't fired. No, he, was, he wasn't, although – It was essentially. <laughs> I, I, was, I was saying if Utah couldn't get past the first round, I thought he should have gone. He yeah. spent eight years in Utah. Wow. It's time for a change. Yeah. You need a guy that's seasoned to go to the playoffs. And if, if a guy – I mean, I don't know how long Utah has been good enough in ending the playoffs, but I don't think it's been eight years. Yeah, Utah was the number one seed last year. Not this past season, but the season. Yeah, the season before. 2020, 2021. Kind of everybody seems to forget that. Yeah, but for good reason, because everyone was calling them a fake one seed the entire year. Like – they're just like, oh, yeah, well, it's a good regular season team. Let's see what happens when they face a good team in the postseason. And they, they lost to the Clippers without Kawhi. They, like, they, remember they blew that 26-point lead in game six? Mm-hmm. They choked. They're, they had, like, and, again, they choked this year in the first round, losing like that at home to a Mavericks, to the, to the Mavericks when they were missing Luka for two games in the beginning. It's inexcusable. Uh, Quinn Snyder is the longest – Ten, or the second longest tenure coach in the history of the Utah Jazz behind legendary Hall of Famer Jerry Sloan. In 636 games with Utah, he has a record of 372 wins and 264 losses, a 585 winning percentage. Um, and in the playoffs, this is where it, this is where we were talking, which is why Quinn Snyder might have been fired. In 51 playoff games, he has a record of 21 wins and 30 losses. Yeah, can't have that. Uh, but that's, I mean, yeah, you can, well, the thing is you can have that record, but the problem is how many times you get into the conference championship? How many times are you getting, you know, out of the first round? Utah wasn't really doing that. 
yeah, eight years. It just seems wild that he's been there that long. I mean, he was in there in like the rebuild that landed Gordon Hayward, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're talking, you're like you're saying the same facts, man. I can't believe it's he's gone. It's like I feel like he is one of those coaches that's been there for so long. The first year of Quinn Snyder was um 2014-15. Uh, after two years of no playoffs, he uh, made it shockingly in 2017. 51 wins, 31 losses, beat the Clippers in a fantastic seven-game series before getting swept by Golden State. 2018, they were the five seed, beat the Thunder in the first round, lost in the second round to Houston. 19, lost in the first round to Houston. Uh, 2020, as the six seed, lost in the first round in a seven-game slugfest to Denver. Um, and then we've just talked about them as the number one seed in the last 52 and 30 or 52 and 20 beating Memphis and then losing to the Kawhi-less LA Clippers. And then of course the first round loss against the Dallas Mavericks. And apparently there's rumors that someone, a certain someone is not very happy about Snyder's resignation. Donovan Mitchell, come on down. Dad, Donovan Mitchell's not too thrilled about this. Um, which gives me the impression that he was not told that Quinn Sire was going to resign beforehand. Uh, Seems like that relationship between Mitchell and the Jazz organization is kind of icy these days, especially since the playoffs. Yeah, and I know, John, that just tears you up inside. Uh, Even though the Knicks might be one of the favorites to land Donovan Mitchell. Here's the... It, it does tear me up, but I don't want I don't want him. I, I, it tears me up for other reasons. I, I think that he would – it would cost too much to get a player like him, I'm being honest. I don't want to give up RJ. I'm not giving up quickly. I'm not giving up Toppin. He's not and, that – like, he's a good player, but he's not that good. And the picks, too. Yeah. He's not like him the Yeah. So, and here's the Donovan Mitchell. If he gets traded, potentially when he gets traded, we'll get a haul. A massive fall. Because the thing is with Donovan Mitchell, the man is young. Really young. Like, the only thing, like, other package I could see being offered up for him, though, is maybe from the Heat, because they can offer Harrow and, uh, you know, Rob- Robinson picks. But if you're going to throw Robinson in there, that's like a negative asset almost, you know, a negative contract. We could be, we can just probably, we could offer them Randall. At least Randall has some potential there. He's 25 years old. The Robinson? Pro- no, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Sure. The prime of his career. So, I, I don't know. If you're Utah, do you trade him? Because there's rumors about Rudy Gobert playing his final game with the Jazz this past season. The thing is, if you do that, who do you trade? Who's going to trade for that mo- monster of a contract? He's getting paid. Let me get that up real quick. Gobert's contract is insane. I'm pretty sure he got the Supermax. Now, now, while you pull that up, you know, it's been said Dallas isn't going to try to get any big names. There's been rumors about Atlanta being in the mix for Rudy Gobert, which I think would be a perfect destination for him. You know, even, even the Warriors have been mentioned as a team for Rudy Gobert. The amount of big men that could be available with Rudy Gobert and DeAndre Ayton, if you need a center, this may be your year. But again, be prepared to pay. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be cheap for a team to acquire Gobert because on top of assets, you know, picks and players, you're also going to need to absorb that five-year, $205 million salary, so. Ooh. Ooh, that one stings a little bit. It's it's a doozy, <laughs> that's for it's, sure. It's the price of paying of playing in Utah, right? Like, again, you have to pay players to, to stay, but again, Gobert is worth that. Um, Nobody does to the defense, I'd say so. Although it's, I, I can't say for every team he'd be worth it. Yeah, I mean he is he is a defensive player of the year. I believe a two time defensive player of the year. Um, shout out Rafael Nadal for winning the French Open, my boy. You know he's he's one of the all time uh, tennis greats. No more can be said. He's just absolutely fantastic. Twenty second. Uh... Open win, I believe, right in 2022. Like that, he's fantastic. He just adds adds to the list of all the greats that we've seen in so many sports in the past 20 years. 
like we're really living in like the the golden age of some of these big players because like in every sport there's at least two where you're like damn they're gonna be all like all round hall of famer first ballot or someone's just gonna know about them for 20 30 years down the road and the doll is by far and away one of those i mean look at look at the sports right now we could be seeing some of the most talented players to ever grace our sport lebron steph brady uh mcdavid crosby mike trout you know so this is a good time to be a sports fan um so shout out to Rafael Nadal. Absolutely nothing, nothing short of fantastic. And I know pro wrestling's not a sport. I want to shout out my boy Cody Rhodes for wrestling through a torn pectoral muscle. For 20- I saw that. That looked painful. He is a warrior. That does like that can't be easy to do. Goes through one of the toughest matches in WWE for 24 minutes and 20 seconds and came out on top. They made him do that for 24 minutes. They didn't stop it. No, it was his decision. He wanted uh, to. All right. That he was willing to. Um, but man, he looked it, it we sacrificing the body. It they look gross. John, did you see the uh the photo of of Cody's chest? I did not know. It's it's in the it's in the group chat. I'll um I'll send it. But oh my goodness, it was it was worrying. It looked like it, as if he like blew a, a massive blood vessel and like the whole body was just covered in just seeping blood inside of him. That's what it looked like at least. Yeah, so he tore his pectoral while training and ends up going inside Hell in a Cell and we're all like, okay, this probably shouldn't be something you did. Like this probably shouldn't be the move here. But he's like, I'm going to bow to step inside he's Hell. He's sacrificing the body for that bag from them, more than likely. Yeah, and you know what? Good for him. Good for him. Oh, yeah. Was there anything else that you two wanted to talk about? No, I think that was all. Yeah, yeah, I think we pretty much covered everything. All right, so we're going to be back on Thursday. That's right. We're going to have a Thursday episode, believe it or not. We do record on on two other days. Um, Every episode of the Too Many Men Sports Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. And, yeah, we'll just see you in... 48 hours uh, for another episode of Too Many Men. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> uh,